So let's go over this first one here. I put this first because it's one of the most important ones. This is relevant to uh, some real estate deals, private equity, many types of companies. Um, and if you're an investor, you will do a deal at some point where this is going to come into the picture and be an option. And it's bonus depreciation. What happens in that right now in the tax code uh, as of 2021, and I don't think that uh, Biden's really set to change this with the current proposals, is that if you buy equipment, whether it's a, a laser tool for a dentist or it's um, a bag sorter for a bath salt manufacturing uh, location um, or some other type of equipment, you can typically write that off all within the first year. So if it costs $100,000, you get to write off $100,000 that first year. And what that means is that if you are taxed at 40% between federal and state, you put in that $100,000, well, now you have $100,000 of income protected. And you have to talk to your CPA whether that's going to protect passive income or active income. Um, but you have that some of that protected. And let's say it's active income. Well, then essentially, it's almost like you only put $60,000 in because you saved $40,000 that same, that same year that you put the money in. Um, the thing to realize here that a lot of people I think miss is the potential to use debt. You could get SBA debt or an SBA loan. And let's say you make an investment for $1 million and it's all going into equipment and you know that you're, you've verified with a CPA or a tax expert or a tax attorney or two that you're going to get that negative K1 for $1 million. You're buying a million dollars of equipment uh, with that money. Um, and if that's all structured correctly and you can use the depreciation, then that could save you potentially, um, you know, it could create that million dollars uh, loss that same year. Um, and that means it could save you $400,000 and you're really only investing $600,000. But if you use debt and let's say you got 80% debt on the asset and you wouldn't want to do that unless you knew like this is a steady asset and it's really going to pay out because Otherwise, you might be on the hook for that debt. But if it's a business that you run yourself or that you know very well, if the numbers are smaller, um, so it's less scary to you, then basically you may just put down $200,000 and use that million dollars of debt to buy this equipment in the deal. You have $400,000 in potential write-off if you qualify for use of that write-off. And in other words, you saved um, $400,000, you paid $200,000, you essentially put $200,000 in your pocket today, this year, um, but you acquired this million dollar asset that may produce some income and pay for the pay down of that debt over time. So I hope that makes sense, but there's many businesses who have bonus depreciation is part of how they're helping them uh, raise capital. I would also add that if you're leasing a property, I have I know that sometimes you can uh, write off the tenant improvements on a leased property. So let's say you lease a restaurant and you outfit it with a kitchen for $400,000. Um, you typically can bonus depreciate that kitchen equipment um, in that first year. And that can help with bringing in investors if they know they're going to get a very efficient tax treatment of it. I've seen this with water bottle filling stations and grocery stores. It's 100% equipment. So if somebody opens 10 of those, they might be buying $3 million worth of equipment that year. Um, I've seen this with um, dental clinics, bath salt factory that we own part of, uh, ATMs, because ATM is just pure equipment. So you could do this with a food truck or hot dog stand uh, type thing. Although um, the write-off of an automobile you know, is typically, I think it's over seven years. 
Um, I've seen it with hotel, resort, you know, equipment. So basically the main point of this slide is that a lot of businesses have a percentage of their balance sheet or of the, the asset value of their company in equipment. And if you can get a valid third party kind of verified valuation of the value of that equipment, the higher that equipment value is in the purchase price of the property or the more your dollars can go towards equipment and not just the general business, then the more potentially you might be able to structure something that's going to be tax efficient. So I just want to make sure that I gave many examples with this one so that it is relatively clear, straightforward, and that you see in how many different ways this could be applied to different deals that you might be doing over time. 529 plans are often known as college savings plans, but the whole point of providing you some details here today is to show that they're not just that. Uh, many times states provide a small, maybe it's the first $3,000 you put into a 529 plan. If you put it into the state of Arizona one, you might save on your state income taxes for that amount you put in. And you do that typically to save for your kids going to school or grandkids going to school one day. But a lot of people don't know that you can put a lot more into 529 plans. And there's some attorneys, including one that I interviewed who for 20 years has done nothing but work with investors on their 529 plans. Because um, as you can hear in the interview, uh, when you put assets into the 529 plan, it removes it from your estate and protects it from uh, typically from a divorce judgment, a lawsuit, um, other liens against you personally. It's out of your estate in a 529 plan. And this attorney talked about how he has many clients that open up $500,000 uh, 529 plans. And then you can change who the beneficiary name is over time. Uh, and you can use the money for education, continuing education, anything that would qualify within reason uh, for education or training um, that you know your CPA approves is not too much of a stretch of that definition. Um, but the ability to remove something from your estate and then potentially bring it back later is something that is rare. And 529 plans have a lot of benefits to them. So this is one of those ideas that could add value to an investor. Um, it may or may not be something that is relevant to structuring within a deal you're putting together to show an investor, but there are times when suggesting something like this to an investor to investigate further could be really helpful. And it's something that's off, it's a misconception in the industry of what, what they do and how they operate. Uh, qualified small business stock. We did a, an interview with Forrest Bryant uh, on this topic and there are certain sizes and types of a type of company or a size of company that would qualify uh, as qualified small business stock. And if you um, invest in a company of that type, your gains uh, up to a level may be protected from taxation so that you can get tax-free gains on your investment. If you're raising capital for a company and they qualify, this could be a major benefit to investors. And if they're looking at multiple investments, and you've done the tax diligence to figure out you would likely qualify for this, that could be the difference of getting a first meeting. I mean, people are not going to invest just because something's tax efficient, of course. But as many of you know, half the battle is getting the first meeting, or once you get them interested, have something that gets some high conviction enough to actually pull the trigger. This could be you know, a great, great thing to keep in mind and to research before you meet with an investor if you think you might qualify for this.